Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Restless Soul. I'm your host, Liz. Today, Mike Lazier, who has been a guest in the past, is back on the podcast to talk about a modality that I'm obsessed with, but definitely not an expert in, and that is astrocartography. For those of you who aren't familiar with Mike, he's an astrologer with over 20 years of experience. And he was one of the first guests on this podcast. It was episode number two. I'll link that in the show notes in case you want to check it out. Welcome back, Mike. It's good to see you. Thanks so much, Liz. Great to see you. Great to be back again. So, Yeah. So I say, let's just jump right in. What is astrocartography and why do you find it so helpful? So astrocartography is the study and practice of measuring how different astrological lines, aspects, planetary combinations are sending, this is sort of the layman's term, but the energy is strongest in certain places in the world for you. So it has to do with how, you know, in a scientific uh, kind of way of looking at things, like how the planets travel and where their energy lines are the strongest in the world um, at the time that you were born. So it's uses declinations, a bunch of other somewhat complex, hard to explain things to say, okay, so if I go to New York, for example, because I was born when I was, I might feel a much more Venusian energy or Martian energy. Um, and it may intersect with my ascendant or midheaven because those were the crossing points of those two forces. And so what astrocartography can kind of teach us on a big scale is, you know, what was the energy like when I went and visited this place or where I was born or What's it like going to feel like for me? What's my life experience going to be if I travel to this place or, you know, even move to this place or work there? Sometimes even do I have or attract people in my life who are from a certain location or place? So there's a lot of different things that can come around um, from astrocartography. We can learn a lot about ourselves um, and maybe make certain decisions about where we might want to go on vacation next. So a lot of good things there, a lot of good things to kind of discuss. That's awesome. And these charts, they look really complicated and crazy. But if someone wanted to try to pull their own, they may not be able to understand it. But if they wanted to see what it looks like, what resource do you recommend for people to do that? Yeah. So the best one, the one that I like to use if someone comes to me and says, how do I find my astrocartography at my astromap? You can actually just go to astro.com, which is um, the company's name is Astrodynst. They've been around forever and I've used them forever. You can actually sign up for an account and get most of their astro maps for free. Um, some of it's a little bit high level, so you might be overwhelmed by the number of charts and things that they offer, uh, different readings and uh, um, methods by which you're reading the birth chart can be there. But in their advanced section, um, you can actually go to an advanced section where there's a lot of different types of charts and readings that you can pull up. Once those are pulled up, um, the one that you look at is Astromap World. I choose worlds just because then I can see kind of everything um, all in one place. And then after the world setting, then there's also, I think you can do it for US or Europe. There's kind of like little compartments. Um, but what you want to do first when you go there is enter your birth information um, on the chart or on the site. You'll actually need that. So you'll need um, your birthplace, time, and uh, date of birth enter that information. And if you make an account there, you can save it. There's a lot of apps that do it too. Um, I think I, I can think of some of the names of some of the newer ones. One of them isn't available anymore, but they also do an AstroMap. Anything where you're looking up an astrology um, service or app, just look for either AstroCartography or AstroMap um, and you'll be able to find something like that. 
I can't remember the name of one of the newer app that they base a lot of their stuff on astrocartography in their travel section. And I will look that up for anyone who is interested. <laughs> so, but I do recommend astro.com. It's by far the best um, drawings um, and it's all free. So, Awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes for whoever wants to look it up. And obviously people like me and yourself who love to travel, it would make sense that we'd want an astrocartography reading to sort of help us narrow down places we would like to go. The world is huge. It's almost overwhelming sometimes if you really think about it. But what are some of the less obvious reasons that someone could benefit from getting an astrocartography reading or even taking the time on their own to learn more about it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And a lot of people will kind of come to me like asking and requesting these readings. I've been doing them for a while. I love them personally. I think they can teach so much about ourselves and like not even just about the places that we go on vacation or where should I move, but sort of a relationship that you have with a place. This is where I'm dovetailing into sort of the answering the first question, which is what is a lesser known um, way in which they're useful. I actually, when you're doing a reading and you're thinking, okay, I want to have a relationship with this person, uh, maybe you do a composite chart. Like, how are we going to get along in this relationship? Is there like long-term potential, for example? I like to think of places, cities, locations on the planet in the same way, where it's actually like, oh, I'm in a relationship with this place of a certain kind. I have a relationship maybe to the people, the buildings, the history. Um, and so with astrocartography, you're actually almost measuring, you know, what kind of relationship can I have in the long term um, with this place? What is it going to do to affect me? Um, so if you look at it in terms of the relationships we create, it's actually a really interesting way to do it. In the more immediate term, a lot of people will say, well, where should I go on vacation? Or I want to move to this place. I did a reading actually for someone um, a couple of weeks ago, and she's trying to find, you know, if it's a good idea for her to move back to the East Coast. And I was like, well, the energy there is like older energy. You know, how does that make you feel? So you can kind of almost do <laughs> an astrology coaching session with someone who's looking to move. Um, but I find that it teaches you not only about a relationship you might have with a place, but also a relationship you have with your past or yourself or your future um, by looking at some of these locations. So, you know, if you have a really, if you grew up and had a rough childhood or something didn't work, you know, like I grew up in Minneapolis and I did not have the best relationship with that place, but I hadn't lived anywhere else really in my adult life. So when I moved, everything felt very different. I'm able to look back and say, what was the energy like near, what, what kind of near lines intersect with that place for me? And what does that say about my old relationship with the place? And so then the last thing I want to kind of <laughs> say and related to this is like a lot of people will say, well, wherever you go, you take your problems with you. You know, this whole idea of like, you take your issues wherever you go. And that, that's true. But I think you can really improve and change your life for the better and make a big difference simply by, you know, getting a change of scenery. It can actually make a big difference and it can propel you to be your best self. It may not solve all your problems, but it can provide you a nurturing and supportive environment in which you can eventually do that. So, you know, why not go for it? <laughs> I love that. And I love thinking about it similar to how we think of relationships with people or relationships with places. Because, yeah, in some places, I feel like no matter how hard I try, there's just this resistance or there isn't that positive boost to help me really be the type of person that I want to be. And other places I go, it just feels effortless. So I think that's a really amazing way to think about it. I love that. And also, I think that's really cool too, if you had a hard time in a place or a hard childhood to be able to maybe use those lines to help you 
have a better understanding or appreciation for that experience. Maybe it wasn't ideal, but it did help you grow in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. And we can learn, and I think I said this maybe a little bit at our last podcast, that um, I, I really think it's undervalued. And I do this a lot with astrology, like looking back and saying, okay, so something didn't work. We had some negative transits. We had some tough times. Um, does it have to be like looked at as a failure or is it just this actually taught me something you know, that I can learn moving forward that might be better? Is the fact that I had like a hard Saturn line, you know, through Kentucky, you know, just naming a place and I had a miserable time moving, you know, living there. Everything went wrong. Is that a failure? And should I not have gone there? What did I learn from that? What is Saturn there to teach me? Saturn is about growth and building and like, what can we learn about ourselves that maybe didn't work once, but we want to create, you know, something a little bit better. So challenges are just as important. If anything, they're more important. So one thing that's a theme, you know, is I like to, you know, if someone doesn't have the best quote unquote lines through a place like, oh, you know, avoid this place. You've got heavy Pluto descendant lines. So you're going to have some faded connection. Okay. Do you want to avoid that? Is there a reason you're being called to that place? Or are you scared of it? You know, if, what, what can we learn? So obviously life is a balance. We don't want to just be living in Pluto and Saturn's energy nonstop, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that friction. Mm-hmm. So what are some lines that you like to look at or like to direct people to? Yeah. So I actually named two of them. I think that especially for an early reading and my answer will change and be depending on if someone is going to be just looking to maybe take a trip through a place versus like maybe move to a place or if they're just looking back at a place they used to live and maybe things worked or didn't work. My answer might be a little different. I think in general, um, with any big connection with a place that could potentially be there, like, oh, I want to try something different or move somewhere different. I actually like to look at um, Saturn for sure. Any kind of Saturn ascendant to Saturn midheaven kind of combination line is very important. Um, Pluto is important for another reason because it can kind of show a place where we can evolve. Um, so it's often a place of letting go of things. So if you have like a Pluto ascendant kind of connection somewhere and you're near a place like that. You may not feel it right away, but after a while, you might be called to sort of deeper like assessment of yourself. What am I carrying with me that's no longer necessary? And that can be like a real thing or baggage we don't want anymore, like an emotional burden we're holding on to or relationship. What do I want to let go of? Um, That's Pluto. And with Saturn, it's like, what, you know, bits of reality do I have to face? What is it that I need to build or construct? Um, I mean, as an example for myself, I have Saturn very close Saturn line to where I'm living now in Colorado. And this place has been very much of a growth place for me in many ways. I keep coming back here and having more lessons to learn. And it's like, I keep wanting to leave and come back. And so I've had that over the years and I've had to fine tune and really examine my relationship with Colorado. Like things are sometimes very challenging here, but I keep coming back for more. What's that about? And the Saturn keeps us coming back for more. And so, yeah, I like looking at Pluto, Saturn, if it's a vacation and just something fun, I'll, I'll look for Jupiter. Um, like, are you going to have a good time? You're just going to let loose, enjoy yourself. Jupiter lines are great for that. Um, Venus sometimes can be luxury. Um, it can be sort of sitting with yourself and being like, I deserve a break. I deserve to just have, you know, some time off. So I'd say it's a great question because it makes you kind of think like, well, what's the difference between a vacation and like a long-term, you know, a long-term place for yourself? What's a long-term connection? So. Something I was talking about with someone is there's such a difference between vacation and traveling. You know, 
like a quick like week or two at a resort is totally different than immersing yourself in a culture and pretending like you live there for a little bit. So that's a really interesting thing. And I love that you try to figure out like what that person needs and what their intention is behind where they're going to help you evaluate whether or not this is going to give them what they're looking for. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And most fun is um, when you do a reading for someone who's like a digital nomad or likes travel a lot. And then you're like, oh, then you're really going to have a lot of different connections with a lot of places and you'll build on them and they'll learn about yourself. And moving to a place, it's so funny because a lot of people will sort of stress out like, oh, I got a job at this place um, and I'm not so happy with the lines there. Is that going to be an okay experience? And I'm like, well, you still want to look at, you know, the job and the experience of your life. Like just because there's an energy there doesn't mean you can't work with it in some way. You don't have something to learn. Um, there's no such thing as bad and good in astrology. It's just different friction. And it's probably good to have the awareness. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, awareness is really helpful. That's actually a really good point because there's this whole concept in like the medical field, like, oh, if you knew you had some genetic predisposition to something, like, is it, I don't know, Alzheimer's or any, any kind of condition, and you could test for this and know for certain whether this was going to happen, would you want to know? And studies have shown that there's surprising percentages of people don't want to know. They'd rather just live their lives. And with astrology, you're kind of getting a little bit into the same territory where you're like, well, do I want to prepare for this trip to this place where I have a hard Saturn line through it? Um, will I decide to make a vacation change? And sometimes people do. Sometimes they're like, I'd rather not chance it. And so... That's a decision someone has to make for themselves, but it's not always easy to do that. So. I'm really curious to learn a little bit more about your relationship with Colorado and your Saturn line. Because as I've known you, you're always drawn back to it, but then you have moments yeah. where you're like, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to go. Could you talk a little bit more about things you notice with the contrast of being there versus taking a break and going someplace else? Absolutely. It's a great question. So for me personally, um, I've traveled quite a bit. I've lived in 10, 11 states. Um, and I've also had the fortune of having, you know, work that's taken me abroad in like different situations. And so I've lived in Colorado, mostly lived here, um, for the past nine, 10 years. And from the beginning, um, my relationship with this place was very, kind of challenging for a lack of a better word to describe it. I loved it, but it was like, I feel like I was constantly being pushed to develop and grow in a different way. So for example, as soon as I got here, I always wanted to try some new athletic kind of endeavor. I was like, oh, I'd like to do something new. You know, most of my life, of, you know, I'm very into like partner dance and hiking and stuff. You know, there are certain hobbies physically I'd be into. I played tennis for a while. I wanted to try something new. And so a friend immediately got me into rock climbing. And I'm like, wow, that's intense and difficult, but it's a very big thing in Colorado. Like the running joke is like, if you're not climbing, skiing or snowboarding or you know into long distance hiking and camping you might as well just move to kansas like <laughs> that's all people do here but i immediately got into rock climbing and i was like this is the hardest thing i've ever done and i had to overcome a lot of my fear about like what does this mean am i safe like how do i get to the next level? so it was immediately thrown into this situation where i had to like really grow and develop myself as a person there's an analogy with climbing like you have a relationship with yourself as much as the wall and so there's a lot of telling yourself I can do this, even if it feels uncomfortable or not good. And since I got here, I've taken on work assignments. I've been in different social groups where I feel like it hasn't been natural or easy. And I've had to almost like force the issue or face challenges within myself. Um, and when I go other places, that seems to go away. I can almost kind of escape it. 
and life keeps bringing me back here. And I don't know what it has in store for me, but I'm developing into somebody that I've built over about the last 10 years being here. And I think my time here is almost done, but I've said that before. So just like with learning, we think our time might be almost done, but there's always more to do. So I, I hopefully that answers your question. I love that. And I definitely relate to that feeling of, oh, I think my time is up. You think it's almost over and you're looking for a brighter, lighter, easier time. And it's just not quite there yet. Like, how do you get through that? Oh, that's the hardest. And that's where I say, well, astrology helps. You kind of see you. It's like understanding and seeing the energy. Like, oh, this has an end point. Like this transit will clear. But um, in a more general sense, I think that one thing that is sometimes hard to face, um, a lot of people who are in hard situations will say, oh, once I get to the other side, everything's going to be perfect. I'll be done with this awful job or, you know, I don't want to use relationships as an example because that can actually be situations where people need to get out. And so we won't go there. But with work or a place to live or, you know, sometimes a project we're on, we're almost done. We're at the finish line. I think it's actually important to remember sometimes that when you're on the other side, it's not like a miracle cure and everything's going to be perfect. We can actually, it can actually be a detriment to think that way because then we put so much pressure on the end result that we forget to be in the present and be like, well, what can I find in this difficult situation that maybe isn't that bad? What what can I do today to get some enjoyment out of this challenge? Sometimes it's hard to do, but that's one of the lessons Saturn has for us, that it's like, we're going to face certain difficulties no matter what we do. It's a question of how we handle them you know, while we're going through them. So Amazing. So one thing that people may not realize with the astrocartography chart is that you actually have... Each planetary line, it shows up four times. And each line, I guess the best way to describe it is like its own little flavor. Um, could you maybe explain those four differences so that if someone's trying to pull up their own chart, knowing that it's more than just, oh, this is my Venus line. No, if it's your Venus IC or Venus MC, that's going to be very different. Correct. Yeah. That's a great question. And actually, that's one of the keys to really understanding higher level astrocartography and also understanding what the midheaven and ascendant really mean. Um, so the four points that you're talking about are the midheaven, the ascendant, and then the descendant and the IC. It's a Greek word. It, it's imam coli. i probably not even pronouncing it right. I use IC. But um, those four points actually dictate four different pieces of energy that hit every planet that's going to appear on your astrocartography um, readout. So the midheaven represents something to do with your aspiration, your career, your drive. Um, it's a very important point in the birth chart. In the astrocartography side of things, usually places that hit a planet and the midheaven um, line is involved. Now, keep in mind, when I say the midheaven line, it's also connected to the IC line. It's two sides of the same coin. So there's really only two instead of four, I would say, lines, because one is one side of the other. But depending on if the line has kind of gone down in an arc and then back up, it'll be one or the other. So with the midheaven, you are looking at um, something to do with in that place's energy, your drive, your purpose, um, your career, potentially, it could be very good depending on the planet that intersects it. With the IC, it's more going to feel like kind of a home base where you feel comfortable, where a respite might be, or where there's demons or elements of your past that come in. Most people don't look at this with astrology, but you have two different sides of the same coin. It's the same thing. So your aspirations come from your sense of security and safety, which is the IC. And your sense of security and safety can be created by going towards your aspirations, which is the Medhaven. So you're kind of looking at two different sides of the same coin. Um, 
Now, with the uh, cartography readings, let's say that the planet involved is Saturn. I'm going to use that as an example. A Saturn midheaven line might indicate a place where you have to work really hard to achieve your objective and achieve where you're trying to go and where things are going. Um, it's not going to come easily to you. Nothing does with Saturn, but it is definitely about your, your midheaven, which is achievement. If it's your IC line, it's going to be more about kind of a difficulty in creating a home base where you have to work hard to sort of integrate yourself to a community, but there's a lesson to be learned there. The ascendant and descendant lines are different because they're more about relationships between yourself and others. So your ascendant is more about your own life, um, the path of your life, your destiny. Um, ascendant is probably the strongest, I would say, line, but it doesn't mean it's the most important, quote unquote. <laughs> um, the ascendant tells you where... It might be a place where you have going to learn some major life lessons, just overall life lessons, not necessarily career. Um, and the descendant is more about relationships you create with others. So those are the four main lines um, that are combined then with the planetary energies, depending on where in the world you are. Um, and it is very important to get a handle on those four energies. I, I would say if you're studying any astrology um, whatsoever, learn those four points. Um, they're everywhere, even in birth chart readings and uh, composite charts, transit readings, all kinds of things. Um, they'll, if you study those four lines and you get to really understand what they are and the dualities between the two, you're going to learn a lot of astrology very quickly because um, they're important points. That's so interesting. I love how you explain that because I knew that there were differences, but I didn't understand how they're interrelated, which I think is really cool and how you're kind of working with one opposite to reach the other. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I love the duality in astrology. That's one of my favorite things where it's like everything's sort of two sides of the same coin. And the more you study it, the more you learn that even some of the planetary energies feel a little bit that way. Like Mars and Jupiter are a duality. Um, or I'm sorry, Jupiter and Saturn. I, Mars and Jupiter, not really, but <laughs> Jupiter and Saturn certainly are um, a duality. Mars and Venus are a duality. So there's different, the planets almost operate that way. It's really fascinating. Actually, you could even almost argue Mars and Jupiter, now that I say that, I said that by accident, but there is sort of a duality between, you know, joy and letting it kind of in versus energy and letting it out and like working towards something. And there's a little bit of that there. So yeah, a lot of duality in astrology. Truly. And I think duality is a lot of life as I'm learning. As the more I progress on my personal growth journey, I can be having the, like this year, for example, it's been the best year and the worst, hardest year all at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what it's all about, right? I think um, a lot of people went through that too during the pandemic, like facing their darkest demons and also discovering something new in themselves that they didn't know they had or a strength, you know, so absolutely. What if someone is living in a place or being called to a place that has no lines close to it at all? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so I actually kind of, one term I used to use there was like a void um, where there's no... In astrocartography, no energy um, hitting you. Um, in transits, um, there sometimes are a void of time where you don't really have any major transits. I find that it functions a little bit similarly where you're actually in those places called to your own devices to use your own energy to bring to those places. So I'll take a couple who's getting married in South Florida, for example. Let's say both of them have no lines anywhere close to South Florida. They're bringing their own energy to their relationship and to the union and to the marriage. So the idea being that your lines are actually much more about where you'll be feeling energy of any kind. And so anything, anytime you don't have those lines, you're going to be kind of bringing your own experience or energy to that place. And so 
you're the energy in a sense is kind of how I like to call it. Um, you may not get much of a feeling from that place. It may just kind of be a strange, like a stranger in a strange land sort of a feeling. Um, it's not positive or negative, easy or hard. I think it's more just you'll feel a little bit without sort of like an external spiritual feel to a place. It's just going to be like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> that's kind of my experience, what I've found. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think, you know, my relationship with Florida has had its ups and downs and I have absolutely nothing going on. And yeah, it feels like there's nothing pulling me here. It's not necessarily bad, but I just have this feeling that there's so much more waiting for me around the world. And I think that's why the universe keeps shaking things up and pushing me out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that may be the case. Sometimes we do feel a little bit of a restlessness in places like that too, where it's like, I need my soul needs to experience more. I need to grow. I need to have happen to things, you know, and if we're not having that for long periods of time, it just feels very stagnant. Um, I usually do kind of, um, I, I know when I do write readings, I say recommend wings one way or the other, unless my clients ask me. But one thing that I do kind of mention is um, it's not usually fantastic to stay in a place without any lines or any potential for growth for too long. You can get a little stagnant. It's usually good to to travel. I mean, some exceptions are when you have like a Pluto line somewhere or a Jupiter or a Saturn. Sometimes you can stay for long periods and get some sort of growth or benefit from long periods. But I'm not necessarily a huge fan if you can make it work of staying in one place your entire life. I think that travel really helps with our growth and our evolution and see more than one little perspective. Like if you just live in your own tiny town the entire time you're alive, um, I mean, that's your choice. People used to do that. But I think today we have more opportunities for movement than we ever did before. So there's more potential for growth if you want to take it. It doesn't have to be that way. We all have our own things that make things work, but it is nice to have different experiences from other cultures and places and have growth opportunities from those too. So. Totally. I love that. So a funny question I have for yeah. you, because anytime I talk about astrocartography with other people, like a lot, I think a lot more people know what it is. They're maybe not familiar with their lines or how to read a chart, but they know what it is. And they know that there's certain places that they can go to, to get certain benefits or challenges. And I find almost everyone wants to know where's their Venus line so that they could find love <laughs> yeah. or where's their Jupiter line so that they can have a lot of success and famous and make a lot of money. I'm curious because I also know you and I know you are someone who values going through challenges too. And you think that there's a benefit to that. But do you have any cautions against just only focusing on the quote unquote good lines? Mm -hmm. And is there something that people might be overlooking when they're just trying to use the map almost as like a shortcut? That's an amazing question. I love it. I <laughs> You always ask great questions. I um, What I would say, it's a little bit tricky because I totally understand and I totally get and think that it's great to be if you're really into astrocartography, you know, seeking out some of those pleasant lines that I call them like, oh, I want to have a good time and a good life. Let's go to Jupiter and have fun. Let's go to Venus and maybe I'll find my person. You know, there's a lot of that thought. If you look at the whole concept in astrology of light and darkness or, you know, ease and joy or challenge and difficulty, without one, you can't have the other experience. Here I go again with the duality. It's the same idea. Let's say that I'm a single person who's maybe mid-20s and I'm like, oh, I'm not married yet. I want to find my person. I need to find and like, oh, there's my Venus line. It's running through, I don't know, Roanoke, Virginia. I'm just naming a random place. I don't know. I go there, but if I run into that person or I run into the person I want to meet and like the luck comes and like 
life gives me the good things that I'm like wanting? What if I haven't done the work necessarily to be ready for or even greet that? What if it's not time in my life to make that happen? There's a reason that those Saturn and Pluto lines are there and growth is sometimes necessary in order to both appreciate and to keep the things that come with our good lines. We need both as much as we don't always want to travel to those places, quote unquote. And I mean that, you know, in terms of like the cartography and also just in ourselves. So if you're just going from one good place to another to another, you know, look at yourself and say, am I in a really in a place where I can handle or a relationship would really be good for me? Or am I wanting a relationship because it's filling a hole in me? And I think that's the question that only we can ask ourselves. And maybe it's the same thing with like our career or our general sense of life. Like I want all the fame and fortune and good things to come to me. What would you do if you had that? Because a lot of people don't know what to do with it because they haven't prepared the groundwork for how they would build that into their lives. So we need good things and we need positive experiences. Yes. If we just live in doom and gloom all the time, what's the point? You know, that's miserable. But I think in order to appreciate the Venus lines and the Jupiter lines, you need to have some context and also look at yourself and ask, am I really ready for the things these supposedly good lines will bring? One of the last things I'll say about this is one transit I see a lot happen to people that I find can actually be actually really negative in the end is, um, and this is for more advanced astrologers who want to understand astrology in itself, Jupiter conjunct Venus, the transit. Those are two very positive planets. You think, oh, Jupiter's on my Venus. I'm going to find love. It's finally going to happen. Like I'm going to meet my person. Like I hear this all the time with that transit. I've read that transit for a number of people and almost without fail, every single time they'll meet someone and it'll just be awful or it'll be a nightmare because they weren't ready for it. And they weren't doing the work required when that came about. Now with transits, there's not much you can do about that sometimes. But um, Saturn and Pluto and those difficult transits can absolutely be our friend. And it's like embrace the darkness and you'll find your light. You know, that's kind of the way I look at it. So, I think it's amazing and I think it's really helpful. There's a lot of podcasts and books and stuff like that. And this is something I've personally been working on is... Yes, we can attract great things into our life, but if you haven't created the capacity to really receive them, like they'll just keep missing you. Or even if you get it and it stays, you're still going to be missing that fulfillment that you're ultimately searching for, which is why we want anything. It's because we just want to feel good and feel fulfilled. So I think that's a really great reminder. And I don't know, maybe just because my life has been challenging, I don't really believe that there's any real shortcuts to anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to look at things. Shortcuts can get you the thing that you want to get to, but what do you do with it? Get it. I mean, sometimes it works, but you know, it's like the lottery winner who spends all of it because they don't know what to do. And then you find them like in a horrible situation again, like, cause they had no idea. You know? And to be fair, I think that's a little overblown. I've actually read most people win the lottery do okay, but there are a lot of stories surprisingly people who do, and they don't know what to do with the money. And so, yeah, they lose it all in a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen that one a lot. A lot. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. I have a question. What if someone has a place... I don't even know if this is common, but what if someone has an area that has some of the quote-unquote good lines, but then they also have some of the tougher lines? There's a lot of cross lines in astrocartography where you have complicated combinations of things. You're going to experience both. Um, if you have three lines to your place, you'll experience all three. It can be very confusing. Um, sometimes you'll feel good. Sometimes you won't. Sometimes things will make a lot of sense. Sometimes you feel like you're in like a flow and then something horrible comes and interrupts you. 
I found that like the physical feeling like in your body when you go to places like that is one of a kind of instability and just feeling a little off or like just a little wired or crazed. It's a little too much. I actually think that, you know, it's sometimes worth, I don't want to say avoiding places like that. Be prepared that when you go to a place like that, you can feel a little overwhelmed. Um, and so there's a lot there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also a something to be aware of. Yeah. So maybe not if you're looking for a vacation to relax and blow off some steam after months of going, going, going. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't... Yeah. Not if you're looking to do that. I'd say that's not the best. Um, it's probably... That's... Yeah. For later. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting because I definitely have... Um, like a couple areas in my chart where there's like so many lines, like all crossed and it, like it looks like it would be chaotic. But then there's a part of me that's like, you know what? If the universe arranges things for me to go, I might just go embrace the chaos and see what's that like. Um, is that something that you would like? What would be your advice for that? <laughs> to sort of like go and embrace and see what happens and. I think that like you learn a lot about yourself when you just throw yourself into difficult situations more than almost anything else or confusing situations or challenging ones. I'm kind of a proponent of doing that to a degree as long as you feel like your center is strong and you can take yourself with you wherever you go. Like if you have a good center and say, I'm taking my energy with me wherever I go, I'm going to be okay. And that's, you know, at the heart of it. Like if you have a good sense of kind of who you are yourself and your sense of self is strong and you're like, I'm exploring, I'm learning, you'll be fine wherever you go. Long story short, there's no place that's going to necessarily just get kill you <laughs> like just because of its energy. I mean, okay, disclaimer, who knows? Like, I don't know that for sure. Anything can happen anywhere. But from an energy perspective, um, you'll be okay if you have a good sense of self no matter what. Like you can go to a place with a Saturn descendant and Pluto midheaven line that cross and you could go there and it might be hard at first, but you could build something really wonderful that could change a lot of people's lives um, for the better. And so, yeah, embrace the chaos. Yeah, that is a good point because as I've been traveling a lot, I've noticed it's one thing to be centered and grounded when you're living alone in your little apartment and you're not seeing people that often and you have a lot of control as far as who's coming in and out of your field versus traveling a lot. Like I've had to really take extra time and care to make sure that I'm taking care of my energy and keeping myself grounded and also just having that awareness too is really helpful. Like for example, you told me that Denver, I have a Pluto line and I love Denver. Um, but sometimes when I'm there, I've had really intense news come my way or I've just felt off my center, but also knowing like, okay, I'm on my Pluto line. That helps me not freak out about it so much. It's just like, okay, just ride the wave and kind of everything that's fallen apart while I've been in Denver, while it wasn't easy, it's paved the way for me to build something newer and better. And it, it's just really interesting. Yeah. And knowledge is power. Like you said, like it really helps when you read these uh, lines, like what kind of experience am I going to have if I go to this place is actually powerful, especially if it's kind of difficult and you have to go there anyway. Like with a Pluto line, you're like, okay, I might have some intense experiences at this place. I might get some difficult news or I might feel kind of this pull to question what I'm holding on to. I, that one especially. And I think that that's important to know. But if you have that information, it really helps you to kind of get through those difficult kind of moments when you're there. Yeah, I'm really grateful that you had told me that. And before the first time I went to Denver, I could just feel this really intense energy. And maybe it was because I was coming from Florida where I have nothing going on. 
But it was overwhelming and I almost wanted to just be like, I don't want to go, but I pushed through it and I've always had an incredible time. And a lot of my friends have been moving there. So I, and I have friends that live there, like you were living there. So I think it's a place that I'll continuously be called to in my lifetime. I have another question. Yeah. So what if someone yeah. has like the quote unquote good lines in either like the ocean or let's say countries that <laughs> they may yeah. not ever be able to visit to in this lifetime for various reasons. It could be safety, visa issues. You don't have the means to travel there. It's it's just a more remote place. Um, what is your take on that? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I know someone who has all of their positive lines in like the middle of the Pacific Ocean and Atlantic Ocean. It's just like a really ridiculous layout where it's like wrapped across. And I'm like, okay, so the only way you're going to get a Venus or Jupiter line pretty much at all is if you get on a cruise ship or fly. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, fortunately, we don't need to live our lives, I guess, like a checkbox where we get all the energy, make sure we get that. But it does mean that, you know, there's probably not going to be an easy way to access that particular energy um, unless you get on a boat somewhere and <laughs> or like go to like Antarctica or like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, limitations, unfortunately. And some people, that's just how it works out. So, yeah, I'll usually say, um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to get to some of those more positive lines for you. You can usually find at least one that they'll get you know, some energy from. So like, for example, the person I was reading for who had this Venus and Jupiter were like inaccessible completely. And I mean, all four points. Um, I was like, well, the sun's line is sort of through parts of Alaska and west of like California. So the more you get close to the West Coast, you're going to feel more connection to yourself. Um, you're going to feel more kind of like a connection with who well, your purpose might be and kind of a sunny, um, strengthening kind of energy. So there's still positive things to be taken, even if a lot of lines are in the middle of the Pacific. Like it... <laughs> You can do it. Um, but you're right. That is a, a real issue because last I checked, 73% of our world is water. So <laughs> it's not always easy. Yeah, that's a real issue. Something that just popped into mind, because I think I have that in certain areas too. Just some of my more yeah. positive lines are in places that either I probably will never get to or it's the ocean. But I'm wondering if that means in this lifetime, you're more meant to create that energy on your own, or maybe it's just not something that's going to be of the highest priority. It doesn't mean that you're never going to find love or the career, whatever it may be. It's just maybe you have other things that are going to provide growth to you. And that's just not your means to do it, even though that's a common way for a lot of people. Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I would even say like, um, you may not get the benefit of certain energies from the travel, but you'll certainly still get it from transits and times in your life where energy will hit your, you know, planets by needle, like conjunction or square opposition or like, um, through the transits. So one thing I like to kind of say is like, you can't hide from transits. You can hide from astrocartography. So you'll still have Jupiter running over your Venus if you want to find love, even if you can't travel to like, I don't know, North Korea or something to get the intersection between the two. And that's totally fine. Um, travel is one way to access this kind of energy, but, you know, just uh, waiting for transits or like understanding how that energy works in your birth chart can also be another way to do that. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're not doomed if your Venus is no. in the ocean. Good to absolutely know. Because I think that's a real concern that a lot of people have. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> is. Oh, it is. I've, I've heard that. And I say the same thing every time. It, it doesn't matter. The, the travel, the astrocartography is an opportunity for us to connect with a place. You absolutely can find what you're looking for anywhere. 
You just have to, I mean, understanding how transits work really will help. And I actually will refer people to getting a transit reading usually when they're concerned about that, because those hit you wherever you are. You'll have the energy come to you. It's still going to be okay. Um, I would say that astrocartography really is about your relationship with the place, its history, its culture, and its energy. That's what it's about is the place. It's not necessarily about your life or your life path, which is transits. So hopefully that clears that up a little bit. That definitely did. So we've covered a lot of possible questions or concerns that are common to come up in your readings. Are there any others that are coming to mind just to make sure we help and reach as many people as possible based on whatever they have going on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, One of the things that I really like to emphasize too, if you're going to do an astrocartography reading and you're interested in it, is like a birth chart um, or like a natal chart. You only get one. And so once you have the reading, that's it. It's lifetime, unlike transits, which move throughout your life. So it's a very special reading. I do two different astrocartography readings. So I have one where you just get to know what the planets are, where they're intersecting, and what parts of the world you might actually find some of this energy. The second reading is a much more in-depth reading where you can name a few places, and I'll kind of do a synthesis of where things are and give you what my interpretation of what the energy is probably going to be like for you in those readings. Um, I love doing both. The synthesis reading, you name a few places and then it's like, oh, I'm thinking of traveling here. What will this be like for me? I often do that in conjunction with a transit reading. But what I will say is in the end, it really, you only get the one. Um, you'll get to know kind of how you are and where your energy centers are throughout the world. There are still places like Sedona, Arizona, for example, is one where there's a lot of interesting energy as it is, whether or not your personal astral lines go through there. So It's not the end-all be-all. If you get a reading, you're like, oh, I've got nothing in Arizona. What do I do? Well, you'll still feel something if you're finally attuned to the energy of the land in Sedona, for example. That's just one way to look at it. And I covered a lot of things there, but that is a thing to remember. Your astrocartography reading is a one-time thing in terms of understanding, then you know it forever. Your transit readings can be ongoing. I do those, you know, every two weeks for some people, like they come in to get repeated readings. Um, And uh, progression readings composites, couples readings. There's all sorts of things you can do over and over. But So if you want an astrocartography reading, you're going to learn about what places work well for you in this lifetime and what kind of energies you'll have when you make a decision about moving or living somewhere. So, Yeah, and that kind of brings me to the next part of this podcast episode that we had wanted to do. So I've actually had two readings from you. We did the first overview. And then the second time we met, I had a few places that I was considering traveling to and I wanted to get your take on it and why you've helped me a lot in this journey. I don't know if you even know how much, but I'm... I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I'm really feeling so lucky that I'm in this season of my life where I have all this freedom and it's something that I wanted for a really long time. And I've, I put in the work to make this happen for myself. I know some people think that I just woke up one day and started boarding flights, but no, like I put in the <laughs> the groundwork to make this happen. Oh, you definitely did. Yeah. yeah. And as amazing as it is, I do get overwhelmed because when you have all this freedom, you're just like, oh my God, the world's huge. Where do I go? And I also really like to travel with intention. I find it makes the experience so much more meaningful. I grow a lot because I think if you travel a lot like you and I do, it can bring this really scattered energy and it can also even be like a form of escapism, which I 
am trying to avoid because I feel like that just sets me backwards. So yeah, you've helped me a lot. And for a couple of reasons, I wanted to A, like selfishly just catch up with you and tell you about my experiences in certain places and get your feedback. And then also, yeah. I think it's helpful for listeners to see a real life example of how getting one of these readings can really help you transform your life. So I guess we'll get into that. But with the first reading, um, that was more general. And I had told you that I was going to Mallorca for a wedding and I was interested in checking out some other places in Spain. And you really encouraged me to go to Madrid. I was That wasn't even a place I was considering going. It wasn't on my radar. And when you said that, I was kind of just like, eh, I don't know. I don't really think I want to go there. But then you were persistent. So I was just like, okay, I'll just go there for a week since I can. I'll see what it is. And I ended up staying for a month because it was that special. That was my yep. North Node IC line. And yep. yeah, I felt great. I kept making amazing connections and it ended up being very healing in a very surprising way that I wasn't personally looking for. So I'd like to hear your feedback on that and maybe some comments or advice you have for someone out there that maybe there's a place in their chart that is really highlighted that they should check out. And they're like me, like, eh, I don't know. I don't really think I want to go there. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you had such a great experience there and like really glad it meant like it connected with it like that with you. And it makes me feel great. You know, if you're looking for a certain place to go where you might want to be renewed and like you, you're feeling like you're looking for something. And I remember when we talked, I was getting the sense that, you know, a place like that might be kind of like good, like maybe one you weren't expecting. And I thought, well, you know, Madrid isn't that far from some of the places you were looking at traveling, but it wasn't on your list. Um, I saw North Node and. So for those who don't know much about the nodes and are studying them, um, your north node is actually sort of the path that your soul is on. It helps you kind of connect with yourself in terms of a more spiritual, like this is where I'm going in this next life. I'm working towards bettering myself in this life to get closer to where I'm going to be after this and transition. And so if you feel astray or lost or disconnected from yourself, the north node line really is great at kind of connect, reconnecting with you with your, your center, where you are and where your purpose is and where you're going. And though, yeah, you have that line through there. I thought this would be really good for you based on what you're saying. You're going to like find yourself here. Like that was sort of like a thing. And the IC being, you know, your, your sense of safety, your base, like what makes you feel real secure. Combine that with the north node and you get like this sort of, I've returned to my center feeling. I'm, I feel like myself again. I'm not lost in a drift. And so that can be a really fantastic line to check out if you're feeling a drift. Um, see where that line runs through. Um, and that's true of North Node IC and North Node Midheaven, both of those. Um, I love the North Node and like the nodes are really interesting in astrology. Maybe that's a discussion for <laughs> another time. I'm happy to talk if you about want to come back again. <laughs> yeah, happy to. Yeah, I love the lines. Those are really great. You know, what did I do in my past life? Where am I going? So absolutely. If you're looking for a place to center yourself, that's that's a really good way to look right off the bat. I'm glad that you had that experience, you know, and it really changed things for you. It did. And what's so funny, so you just mentioned IC and Midheaven. So I'm in Mexico City for the month, and that actually is my North Node Midheaven line. It is. And this city has totally taken me by surprise and blown me away. I knew I'd like it, but I I'm obsessed. I actually think I'm going to come back after the holidays. And you had predicted that this would be a lot of networking and connecting with people who have similar values to me and maybe even some career opportunities. 
And yeah, I've been so busy meeting so many people. At Uh, times, it's been a little overstimulating. And I've had to really make sure that I'm taking time to just rot in my bed and get my energy (laughs) settled. But I love it. And kind of why I want to come back is because as I'm spending time here, I realize the city checks off so many of my boxes for lifestyle goals. Like it's affordable. There's greenery everywhere. It's super walkable. The people are lovely. There's a ton of digital nomads. So I feel like I have that in common with people. Even if I don't really have things in common with them, I can still... We have that common ground. So that's been really nice. So I have a sense of community that I definitely don't have in Florida. I feel grounded enough to keep up with my work, which that hasn't always been the case everywhere I've gone. So like, that's really nice. Like I don't feel like I get off track if I spent a lot of time here. And there's just a lot of wellness stuff. Like I could go on and on. And I mean, this is kind of cheesy, but I'm a big journaler. And I do journal about like what my ideal day would be. I think that's a pretty common prompt. And I keep having the realization like, oh my God, the day I had today is like my ideal day. So yeah, that's why I'd like to come back after the holidays. And my life has been all over the place. It just feels like a good place to come and spend maybe another month or two and get really centered, grounded. I feel like my finances could breathe here. Um, So I feel really great about it. Uh, So anyways, like hearing that, do you have any feedback or anything like that that you'd like to share? I am really happy to hear that. That's wonderful. And like, you know what I find really fascinating, and this is going to bring this episode like a little bit full circle is like the we were talking dualities and like how there's those four points you mentioned, midheaven, IC, ascendant, descendant. Um, you had sort of two sides within a very short time of the same coin, in a sense. You went to Madrid and you experienced the more the respite, the healing, the security, the find my sense of self, as you mentioned. And now you're going to Mexico City and now you get to put yourself out there or do the more active midheaven-y kind of things, like make all these networking, make a, do all these connections, put yourself out there from that sense of centeredness itself that you were able to connect with when you were in Madrid. So they're actually connected. Um, and the fact that you kind of visited one and the other so close is probably not an accident, although you made it happen. So, you know, we could say <laughs> that that's true too, but that's often a really good way to do it when you're traveling. Um, look at the full line, like, it's going to curve down maybe in Europe and then back up through North America, perhaps. And maybe you'll get the full experience of the line by visiting one and the other if you can do it. So I think you had a full circle kind of moment. Um, I'm really glad that you're connecting with your place and your North Node so well right now. There's almost no better feeling in the world than being connected with your spiritual purpose. And I think that the more you spend time there, the better that'll get for you. So I, I'm really happy that that's <laughs> worked out so well for you. Yeah, and I think in the summer, I'd like to get back to Madrid. We'll see, like no plans have been made. But I will say with the North Node, it's like, I feel like my best self or I can be my best self. The things that normally get in the way that sort of drag me down, I don't feel that in these places. So that's really interesting. And then the last place that we'll talk about. So Australia was my moon IC line. And you said that it would be really good for connecting with my inner child and having fun, but also that I might feel a bit emotional. And like Australia was a really big, you know, it was a big stretch for me to like do that type of travel. But I'm glad that I did. And the reading was the pep talk to give me the confidence to know like, this is aligned. You should go like, it's gonna, there's something there for you. Um, Yeah. So like I was a bit more emotional there, not necessarily in a bad way, but just more softer and more 
aware of my emotionals, which it's I have a lot of air in my chart. So I kind of detach from that a lot. So I guess it was nice to feel a little bit more watery. And it was fun, but it was a different kind of fun. It was very wholesome. Like I was seeing all these (laughs) animals that were beanie babies that I used to play with and like seeing them in the flesh was so cool. It was so beautiful. I was just in awe the whole time, but I did feel like a little kid, just this sense of wonder. And it made me feel like, wow, the world is so big, but also it's not that big. So it was a really special trip. And I think taking that leap really did build up my confidence and my ability to navigate the unknown. And I wouldn't say that it was... It was a life-changing trip, but not in the way that you would think because nothing really major happened, but it it just reconnected me with the world in some way. So I'm you, so happy. Yeah. Do you have anything to yeah. share about that? That's wonderful. Um, And so you mentioned the emotional connection to yourself too at first. And um, yeah, the moon is a great way to sort of get back in touch with that side of yourself. It's important. We need lunar energy to it's sort of like being mothered by the universe. Like it's okay. Um, we're going to, it's okay to feel again. It's okay to connect with how a place makes you feel emotionally from an astrocartography perspective. There's a lot of sort of, you might feel more like it hits you at a different level rather than the intellectual or the, you know, the love level. It's more like I feel a place. I feel the energy of the earth there. Maybe I feel, you know, mother earth, the whole thing. I think that sometimes with the moon, um, it's not always easy for people who have cut themselves off of that energy. Uh, like they don't want to feel anything. They want to just tough it out and get through it. The moon can be an incredibly challenging place for people like that who are out of touch with their emotions. You're going to feel something. You're going to feel connected to something maybe greater than yourself when you go to those places. Um, like you kind of did. You said you mentioned the animals and the whole scene. Like it, it wakes you up and makes you feel alive in a way that you haven't in a long time sometimes to connect with those. So. The moon's not for everybody, <laughs> but it's very important. Um, it's a good connection point. And uh, what's so cool about your journey, too, is you've sort of had a few different types of experiences from each place. They've all affected you in different ways. And you've been able to actually understand what ways those affect you by looking at the planetary energies that were there before you went. And during it, it helped you kind of clarify that energy in yourself. So it's like having a an internal conversation or a compass or a mirror and saying, hey, this is the type this is the part of myself that this is lighting up and that's great. Yeah, it's helped me so much. I'm so grateful that this modality exists. I'm so thankful that I know you and that you can read my chart. You'll probably be doing another reading because I have another batch of places that I'm considering. So I look forward to that. I know everyone's going to love this episode. Everyone loved the first time that you came on. Um, but yeah, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share and also let people know how they can connect with you and what your main offerings are? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So my main offerings are I'll do a birth chart reading, transit reading, past life readings, um, couples readings, and also a work and love reading if you'd like. Obviously, the astrocartography ones we spoke about as well. So all of those you can um, book on my website, which is astrologywolf.com. Um, the site is being updated right now, so I have more there, but you can actually go and book um, a reading live. If Once you book two, you can indicate what type of reading you would like um, at the time of booking in the comments section. And um, I also am open to spontaneous readings as well. So if you come on and you're like, oh, I thought I was just going to get a regular reading, but uh, maybe I want to learn more about like uh, what my future holds or, you know, whatever that is, I can adapt and jump into a different kind of reading uh, live if need be. 
Um, and so you book there. Um, if you haven't worked with me before, you'll just need your full birth date, birth location, and birth time. Those are the three pieces I definitely need. If you don't have your birth time, we can still do a reading, but it's going to be a little bit more general. Um, and so that's all I would say. But astrologywolf.com and uh, by connecting, you can connect with me there and I'll look forward to giving you a reading. Um, right now, there's a lot going on in the world and we're all kind of struggling to catch up post-pandemic and things are moving really quickly. So transit readings are very big. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of requests. Oh, for yeah. I mean, things have been really... It, it's been all over the place. It's it's a lot happening. And yeah, I really recommend if there's any modality that calls to you, it can help you find a little bit more peace and understanding in the really hard and dark times. It doesn't take the pain away, but at least it makes it feel like there's a little bit more purpose to it or just a reminder that things will be okay. Yeah, things will be okay. <laughs> so that's why I love all of that. And then yeah, tell me a little bit more about this past lives reading. Yeah, past lives reading is a lot of fun. We look at actually your actual energy that you brought into this life and where you might be okay. going next. Um, past lives reading is a lot more of an intense reading. Um, you have to book it specially on my site. I only give it on Saturdays and only once per weekend. Um, and so sometimes I get a little bit backed up on those. Um, so if one isn't available this weekend, there may be one in a couple of weekends. It's always on a Saturday. Um, usually I uh, will email you ahead of time and kind of give you instructions for how to prepare for that. So a lot of that involves taking care of yourself for the day, not doing too much else. It can be a very emotional reading as you connect with a much deeper part of yourself that kind of brought you into your sense of purpose and what you're really here to do in this lifetime and what you've done in past lifetimes and who you were. We can sometimes even kind of connect to who you were in a past life in a very specific way, depending on who you are in the reading. So they're fun, um, but they're not for the faint of heart either. They last about an hour and a half to two hours, um, and you'll learn a lot. So <laughs> I love doing them. Oh, that sounds so cool. Well, I loved this conversation. I feel like we always have the best conversations, and I know that people definitely learned a lot. So thank you for sharing your wisdom so freely. Happy and thank you again for coming back on, and thanks to everyone for listening. Wonderful. Good to see everyone again and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Liz. Mm -hmm.